Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Haas Talks Foss. I'm the Haas, Matt Yakovit, head of open source strategy here at Percona. And today I am joined by a fellow Perconian. He's actually famous, and he doesn't even know that he's famous. He doesn't know that I'm going to do this. He's just looking at the screen now in, in complete shock. Uh, Ananias is here uh, today. And if you don't know Ananias, he actually has, and, and did you know this? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you did. The most popular blog in the Percona blog history. Did you know that? No, you didn't Me? know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you didn't know that. Uh, uh, I said something, <laughs> but I didn't yes. know if that's we, still the case. <laughs> you're internet famous. You're internet yeah. famous. The most popular blog in the history of Percona, and we have the author here. So, um, if you're not sure what I'm referring to. There is a blog that Ananias wrote that is, when should I use Amazon Aurora and when should I use RDS MySQL? Oh my, it is the most popular blog that we have had on our blog in years and years. I, every month it gets great traction because it's a question people want to know the answer to. So what better way to celebrate the upcoming Percona Live than to invite our own superstar to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Oh, no, no problem. Now that I've thoroughly embarrassed Ananias, uh, yeah, how, are you, <laughs> how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And yeah, thanks for inviting me to this podcast. I'm doing great. Yes. So, so Ananias, you are in the managed service team. You have been in the database world for some time now. Um, maybe tell us how you got started in the database space and tell us a little bit about your career and why databases interested you in the first place. Yeah, that's, that's a great question and a long story. Uh, well, we got so, two, three hours. We're good. Uh, I think it's not enough, but I'll try to, <laughs> to make that short. Okay, so uh, this journey started many, many years ago. Uh, I liked, when I was a kid, I liked all these uh, people with the computer uh, during these times. And okay, that looks like something interesting. And then I decided to study computer science, but until then, uh, I didn't have much experience with programming and uh, the Linux world or databases and all this stuff. And I told myself, hey man, that's not possible. You're studying computer science, so you need to, 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 to find something interesting to see what are the trends, to see if you like that. And that's how it started. I started voluntarily uh, managing some learning on, on my own uh, about Linux. And then I started uh, volunteering uh, as a sysadmin for some projects. And then I uh, got my first working experience. Uh, I believe as many people, uh, it started as a developer. Then it became a bit of DevOps. And then uh, as a DevOps, I had to get involved into administrative tasks and uh, databases, websites, and all this. Uh, and this is when the MySQL world, uh, you know, made me 
I tell myself, okay, this is where you're going to go. That's really interesting. This is challenging. Uh, so I was involved into a few projects and then it started. Um, this is how my career in the MySQL industry started. I then started gaining experience. Uh, similar to many other folks, the MySQL performance blog was one, you know, reference, a great reference where I could find very interesting material, benchmarks, ideas, all this crazy stuff that the blog uh, hosts until today. And then, uh, you know, I went to a few companies. Uh, I was involved into um, some national IT projects. Uh, and then anyways, almost five years ago, I joined Percona and I'm super excited for this opportunity and decision I've taken. Awesome. So that's all awesome. Now, yeah. As part of the managed service team, your responsibility is to manage the team's responsibility, not you specifically, although you're part of that, uh, is to manage these complex environments for customers. So you are effectively their database experts. And we've got sizes of environments from smaller to very large and large scale. And so we see all kinds of variety of issues and problems on a regular basis. So. I always like to ask people this question, what do they see when they are managing lots of databases as a common issue that they wish that the teams that are the developers or the you know customers are working with, they wish they would understand this or make a change? What, what kind of common problems occur over and over again? Uh, there are so many. <laughs> Uh, let's start from, from the point where I can tell you that uh, it is always the database who is doing something wrong. This is, this is the most common Oh no, don't say that. It's not always the database, the database, is it? So uh, this is not working well. Okay, let's check the database. Oh, our latency went high. Let's check the database and why this can't be fixed. And uh, so that, that's one problem. And that's a, uh, let's say, a big problem because we know to understand what are the capabilities and the limits of uh, uh, the database, let's say, not only MySQL, whatever it is, and uh, how we should align uh, our application and best practices with uh, the database and combine them together, implement uh, the required changes so that everything runs smooth. So that that's one of the problems. Uh, the second. So that's really you, know, you, you have to you have to almost be a defensive DBA because you are blamed quite frequently. You know, anytime there is that slowdown or outage or anything, it's like oh, it's got to be a database issue. Start there, and you almost have to prove. So it's almost guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, right? uh, I I won't say that uh, it's not guilty. Because yes, it's the database who has a slowness. It's the database who uh, that is underperforming. It's the database that has an issue. But let's go. We have two options here. Either fix the problem, that is priority number one, because this may be affecting from tens to thousands of users and users, and there are other implications as well, such as uh, business impact and all this stuff. So you need to find a quick workaround and pack as fast as possible uh, without introducing risks, 
just judge and take the best decision based on the situation that you are and what resources you have available and whether the developers can help or you can do something on the database side. Uh, and then uh, that is, let's say, priority two. We have to work on this issue and figure out why this happened. And if my mm. SQL was performing slow, was that because that was misconfigured? Was that because we hit, let's say, a bug or a rare case? Or that was that we are adding too much pressure to the database and we could uh, reduce that pressure by doing some minor changes to the application or to our schema? because we don't have an index. So our CPU gets saturated and this is causing a domino effect. Then there is a slowness. There are some requests that are accumulating on the application side and then all these requests go to the database again. So that's a, a really challenging environment because it's managed services. That means you have full hands-on access to customer environments. You get involved into numerous implementations and customers may have totally different setups for either the MySQL product itself, either MariaDB, Percona server, or MySQL, uh, high availability, uh, the infrastructure across cloud providers, on-prem, different needs, setups, all this stuff. That, that's a crazy world, but I, I believe me, that's, that's uh, the, the magic, that's the challenge, that's the interesting part. Uh, because you never get bored, you always have a challenge to, to let's say, to, to, to fix an issue, to, to do uh, coaching and mentoring, because this is also part of the coaching and mentoring, because uh, when a company or a customer or a partner, let's say, because I like calling partners because we work together for the best result, uh, someone may, may be used to working on, uh, you know, the same model for many years. So when they come to us, we may introduce changes that, are, that, that customers may not feel really convenient with or okay that's something new we can't easily implement this and this is where the why starts because every time we have to you know find a better way uh okay we understand that you were doing something uh, uh in a way x now let's see if this can be improved uh and do that another way because this way you are going to to have a more stable environment, you are going to have a more stable database, you are going to have a more performant database, uh, you are going to, to save working hours, human resources on your side, uh, and all this stuff. You know, I, I can speak for hours, uh, but I believe, I think I've given you no, no, no. I mean, there, there's, yeah, there, there is a lot to unpack there, right? Because I think that as you, you know, you talk with users, you talk with customers, everybody's different. And I think this is part of the challenge of working for, um, even if you're working for a cloud provider, if you're working for a service provider, you have so many distinct workloads and you have potentially so many different um, you know, variables that you have to troubleshoot and, you know, work within. Um, and the skill levels of the users, the developers, the, the, the folks on the, the project teams, they vary greatly. Some 
uh, developers are, you know, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. Other ones, hey, I just got out of college. I This is my first app. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I've never worked with a database before. And so you have that variety. And um, the education portion of educating uh, end users is often overlooked. And I, I like to talk about this in a lot of my talks where, you know, a lot of developers don't think databases are cool. And so they ignore them and they don't understand the internals. So they just use them as a black box. They throw all their data in and they just kind of trust that it'll happen. And then when it doesn't work right, they don't know what to do. Yeah. That was yeah. my approach because you asked for, let's say, the most common problems. But yeah. I have to be honest with you, uh, sometimes it's a pleasure working with uh, customers well, yeah. that have experienced uh, administrators and developers and all these have their own contribution and you may get different ideas and approaches that you could even think of. So that, that that's... That's really oh, yeah. nice. And I mean, th this is one of the great things, not only about, you know, working at Percona, but in the open source space in general is yeah. being able to pull ideas from different sources and hear the different folks in the community or um, across different companies, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Right. And I think that that is a something that, that is often not appreciated as much as it should be because if you know that this caused issues in this other environment or this this type of approach isn't 100 percent right and and you have experience in it that becomes really really valuable and um i think that uh really helps people get better over time and it helps the customers get better over time as well yeah yeah. So, yeah. So, so, you know, I mentioned you had, you had some blogs out there, the most popular blog ever. And, and, and so I was hoping, uh, maybe you could tell us like, so, so the blog is, you know, Hey, when should you use RDS versus Aurora? Um, and we could probably even throw EC2 out there as well in your experience, because we support customers in all the different cloud providers across all the different databases of service. When, when should people start to look at some of the more advanced features in whether it's Aurora or um, maybe other databases of service providers? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a huge topic. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure you know that that's a trade-off. Okay. Mm -hmm. You, 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 you get some benefits. There is something else that you may be losing. Uh, so there is no unique answer uh, because that's a combination of, uh, let's say, uh, the product itself. Okay, I want to go to a managed solution. Let's call that managed solution. Let's see what it offers. Okay, high availability, backups, ease of management. I don't need to worry about DBAs. Uh, I don't need to have my own DBA team. I don't know. That's not a straightforward answer. Uh, because it doesn't matter uh, if you run on a managed, um, let's say if you have a database as a service or if you run your own database service, uh, then okay, it's there, it's working, but there is always a need for someone to take a look and maybe either proactively uh, act if there is something that is going to be wrong in the near 
let's say in next weeks or next year, uh, or there must be some kind of post-incident analysis or someone who will be defining best practices and uh, best configuration set. So that's why I'm saying that this is a trade-off. Uh, there is no answer, believe me, because there are some, let's say, people or companies that want to have everything on the cloud because that's easier for them. Uh, but it depends what we are talking about because cloud is a virtual machine, but cloud is the database service. So database as a service. Um, I think it provides uh, an ease for day-to-day -day operations. And it's really valuable because these are solutions that have been tested by thousands or millions of users and customers and uh, are aligned with uh, business requirements. If you want high availability, if you want low latency, you can just, you know, uh, you have a dropdown that says, okay, I want this type of disk. That's great. You don't have to put an order. You don't have to wait your, uh, the hardware and the, uh, the hardware may become obsolete within a few months or a couple of years. So it's like spending money that you then had to renew. Uh, uh, there are always business needs that says, okay, I won't fail over time to be fail over times to be within a few milliseconds uh, range. And this is something that uh, database as a service can sometimes offer. Uh, so you have to create a bucket, put your needs in there, uh, put what is hard for you. For example, if you, if you can't maintain this on your own, or if you can't afford paying someone to, to be on top of that, or if you don't want to do that, uh, or whatever it may be, uh, or you have dynamic environments that you may want to spin databases on, of that scale up, scale down, then yes, that's a great uh, decision to, to move there. But in my opinion, you still need someone that will be monitoring that, yeah, that will be doing some kind of hands-on if there is access to, to the infrastructure, that will be doing some kind of consulting because you, <laughs> you always yeah, need. I, yeah, so yeah, I, I totally see that where you've got a set of requirements, right? So do, do you do you have the skill set in house? Do you want to, you know, do some things that this, the provider? So there's a checklist, um, you know, and I think that for a lot of people, you know, they're looking at some of the enhancements that are in some of the more advanced Aurora things. And so those are benefits to them. Maybe it's faster failover or, you know, better performance in a certain case or another. So I, I, I get that. But something you mentioned is, is interesting. And I want to key in on that because, it, you know, outsourcing your databases doesn't mean that there is no work for you to do with your databases. And, you know, I think it shifts the paradigm because as you say, oh, backups are taken care of now by the provider. Um, upgrades are taken care of by the provider. That doesn't mean your, your, your tuning is taken care of by the provider or your schema design is taken care of by the provider. So there is a list of activities that are just missed. Um, and that, that's where I think that you, you need to be mindful and go in with eyes open because a lot of people end up 
deploying their databases and they just trust that everything's done and they don't think about them anymore because people think databases are uncool, right? You know, they're like, ah, oh, I don't yeah. want to touch my databases. Um, so that becomes uh, quite a problem and it, and it leads to more problems. Yeah, there are always needs for a DBA and I'm not saying that because I'm a DBA, but you, you gave a really good example uh, or let's say we have backups. Okay, if something bad happens, someone should be able to restore the backup. Uh, and that's not always uh, a wizard to do that. Okay, and you need to, to check a few things. So yes, there are some decisions or if you have an issue, uh, okay, the infrastructure works, as is, there was no issue, but someone needs to take a look at graphs to understand what these graphs represent, to interpret the graphs to, to a specific behavior and find out the, what the root cause was and what changes may be required. For example, that's, that's a, a frequent, uh, that's, let's say, we see sometimes, uh, customers oversizing their mm. infrastructure. Why? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the concept never... of bigger is better. Bigger is better. I just want to yeah, get the biggest but, I can get. But why bigger? Because we see high CPU time. Okay, but did you ever uh, went through the real issue? Because you may have, let's say, five queries that are not well optimized or your schema is not uh, optimized 100%, and you could simply create a few indexes and that uh, would solve the high CPU problem. So this way mm -hmm. you are saving thousands of dollars or hours uh, uh, that the DBA could just... Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a, a giant, uh, giant sink there. So anyways, I, I, I'd like to end my podcast you know, with a few rapid fire questions. It's just okay. to kind of get to know you. They're random. Oh, don't get scared. Well, I actually get scared. Um, you know, a few rapid fire questions just on random things in the database and non-database space. So how much time do I have for each one? It's supposed to be quick. It's just like rapid fire. So, so for instance, let me start. Um, what is your favorite MySQL feature? Uh... Replication. <laughs> Replication. Okay, fair enough. Um, what's your favorite uh, Linux sysadmin database tool? What 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 do you what what's your favorite tool? Uh, Linux sysadmin. The bus. It could be anything. Itself. Yeah, just a tool. 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 Uh, oh. <laughs> That's not an easy question. <laughs> oh, you don't have a favorite tool? Oh, I have. Okay. These are. These are too many. I don't know where to focus. It's the bus itself where I can just log into a server and start doing crazy things. Okay, uh, shell. You like you, you just like the shell. You, that's you. Yeah. You're a shell guy. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fa favorite programming language? Perl. Uh, Perl. Oh, you're, yeah. you're old school. Old school Perl. Yeah. Least favorite programming language. Which one do you hate? Uh, Python. You hate Python? Oh, wow. That's going to hurt like a lot of, a lot of folks uh, on the team. That should say between you and me, okay? Don't tell anyone. 
I won't tell a single soul. And and I everyone know. watching on the internet, don't say anything to anyone else either. Yeah, I know. This is not the best answer, but I I want to be honest with you. I prefer Patrick. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. What is the weirdest uh, bug or performance issue you've ever run into? Like one that just stands out. Is there one that you're like, oh, that was really crazy? Uh, bug. I've or or performance issue. Yeah, yeah. Could be anything, you know. Yeah, I came across multiple during my you know, times in MySQL world. I, I recall one recent that has to do with the way that the MySQL optimizer works. And if you have a web close with a few hundreds of values in uh, an in close, then the optimizer does something crazy and the performance is really low. Uh, I don't know how to explain that. I can give you a bug reference no, if you want. <laughs> Let me find uh, yeah, the, We can the... include it in the video, right? <laughs> like we can always include that in the video. Okay. Okay. So we're going to meet up at a conference in a few weeks. Um, and if we're going to go to the bar after the conference and I'm going to order you a drink, what am I ordering you? Uh, whiskey. A whiskey. Okay, whiskey. Yeah. Drink of choice. And yeah. if we were to have a meal, like if we were to end up at dinner together, what is your favorite food? Okay, I think I have to stand up. <laughs> because if you okay. sit here, you will see that I have many favorite foods. So. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what would you prefer? Like if I, would, if, if I take you to a certain, am, am I buying you a burger? Am I buying you pizza? You know, what am I buying you? I think meat. Meat. Okay, meat. I, I yeah, like meat. Let's, let's, uh, meat let's meat is it. good. Meat is good. Meat is good. Meat is okay. good. Um, and finally, finally, okay. uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, uh, favorite book. There are too many topics. Okay. Uh, too many topics. Uh, just, yeah. I, last I, I book mean, you read then? Last book you read? What was the last one you read? You know, I'm not a fan of books, but uh, I've read a book about uh, MySQL recently that got uh, released uh, maybe two months ago. I can give you the reference and we can okay. add this to the podcast. Oh, do you remember the name of it? Was it yeah, efficient I, MySQL? Was it, um, no, you know, getting no, started no, with MySQL? No, 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 getting started. It's about. Uh, New MySQL, new features for MySQL 8. Give me one oh, second. Oh, okay. That's okay. I, I was just curious. Thank you. I always like to get plugs where plugs are due, and we have got a few authors going to speak at Percona Live. We actually have book signing there. Yeah. So... Um, but okay, Aeneas, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Hopefully that wasn't too hard for you. Um, I appreciate you hanging out and just answering some of the questions. Some are weird. I don't know where the questions will go. I just, I just go off the top of my head. Okay. So, that, was, that was great. Uh, I really enjoyed that session with you. And again, thanks for hosting me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no problem. No problem. For those for those attending Percona Live, I'll be really happy to meet you in person. And uh, I hope you find my talk interesting. There will be plenty of talks. 
Uh, don't hesitate to reach me directly if for any reason you want to do that. Uh, and until then, uh, have a great time, everyone. And for those attending, come to you there. Yeah. So everyone, May 16th through the 18th, we'd love to see you there. And like, subscribe to this channel. We want you, we want to hear from you. Um, you know, if you've read Aeneas's blogs and you like them, go ahead and tell us. If if you want to hear from him more often, tell me. I'm happy to talk about whatever. I just like to talk to people. I talk a lot. So help me talk some more. Anyways, till next time, we'll see you later. Yeah, thanks. Have a great day. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.